What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Michael Martocci, who is the founder of SwagUp. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks, Matt. It's going great, and good job on the pronunciation there. It sounded good. You know, some days are better than others, but whenever I have, whenever I do it right, I'm always going to take that win. Um, but we're not talking about pronunciations here. We're talking about an awesome company that you're building in, in Swag Up. For people that haven't heard of Swag Up, what are you working on here? Yeah, basically, it's just kind of taking this, you know, $30 billion industry that's corporate swag and kind of bringing life into it and, and making it really frictionless and simple and, and appealing to who the high growth companies, the Fortune 500s that have big budgets and big needs for it. And really just simplifying the process and making, you know, making it a streamlined vendor where they can you know, create the items, design them, produce them, distribute them, store inventory. So we kind of become an outsourced, you know, extension of their team when it comes to swag, you know, creation and distribution. Um, you know, we have like a SaaS platform and, and an API to connect into their systems and just make it super simple. So this is great timing because I, you know, I've had a company now for, for four months and I don't have any swag, which I think is a crime. So I'm going to ask some questions just like almost selfishly, you know, how it works for people that w- want to use it. So let's say companies out there, including my own, that like want to get swag, they haven't gotten started yet. You know, h- how can they interface with swag up? What types of swag do you do? Is it an online platform? Like, can you kind of just walk me through the user experience a little bit? Yeah. So in the beginning, I mean, I'm, I'm not a technical person. I've become much more technical over time. But in the beginning, it was literally just a type form and a, and a Wix site and, and connected it through Zapier into Trello and everything. And, and we used the type form to make like this swag pack, you know, swag builder. We can go into sections and pick out different items. And then we built out, you know, our own kind of swag pack builder form on our site. And basically what you do is you go through it and you see different categories like, okay, you know, water bottles. And we'll show you, you know, 10 to 15 highly curated, high quality items of, you know, varying price ranges. So kind of taking away that decision fatigue of going into like a four imprint or something and seeing 10,000 water bottles. It's like, no, we've curated it down. These are ones that we know people really like and you don't have to think too much. And we do that for all the different categories, you know, like drinkware, apparel, hats, um, you know, notebooks, backpacks, all that kind of stuff. So you go through there and pick out the different items and submit it through. And then we have this, you know, dashboard platform that you can create a free account. And in there you start to get the designs back from our design team. So within a few hours, our design team puts together mock-ups of everything, given the branding, you know, they'll go on your site, they'll see what it's about, create them. And you can see it in the platform. You can, you know, push back, you know, comments to the design team. Hey, can you fix this? Can you do that? You kind of work on that iterative process until you're ready to order. And then at the time of ordering, you know, we allow you to do a few different things. You can send all your swag 
like to one location, like an office, you can send it to like thousands of individuals in that moment, or you can just store it in our warehouse. And then our dashboard basically becomes like a, a, a warehouse management system, like an inventory system where you have all your inventory and you can create shipments to different places. And, and then we have an API in Zapier app that allows you to go into, you know, connect swag up into different platforms like, you know, CRMs and applicant tracking systems or, you know, it could be Shopify. We have a Shopify app too. So basically we're just kind of like the underlying infrastructure layer that makes it really simple to create high quality branded swag and then store it and distribute it by connecting into all the platforms that, that you work with, or you can just use our interface, which is the swag up dashboard. I feel like this is one of these things, swag specifically that like everyone likes it, everyone wants it. Um, but I guess now until swag up, it like it hasn't been like super obvious on how to like make it happen. Um, which kind of leads me to um, my next question, which is why did you decide to start this in the first place? Um, can you kind of tell me a little bit about the origin story here for swag up? Yes. So when I was in college, I mean, I've been entrepreneurial my whole life, but when I was in college, I was there for finance and about two years in a buddy of mine from high school was like, Hey, I want to start this app. I had this idea and it's a location-based social network. And, you know, it's like one of those apps that people have tried a lot where, you know, you want to find other people on campus to do similar activities, you know, so you want to get a basketball game together, you want volleyball, whatever it might be. Um, but in that process, when we wanted to promote it around campus, we want to get custom flags and some other swag basically to start, you know, putting up flags in dorm rooms and parties and, and start to get a buzz around it. And that process of buying that stuff was incredibly painful, you know, just trying to find the suppliers. The items were super expensive. Um, I ultimately found a supplier overseas that was able to make a flag for like $8 each versus like 150 from some US company. So we started on the side while we were doing the app, we started a little app um, website called cheapcustomprinting.com, literally the worst name in the world. And, and, and that's, that was like the entry into that industry a bit. And we started doing some t-shirts for fraternities and, and stuff like that. And that's why I learned about it a little. Uh, but I stopped doing it. It was just something in the background. And I ended up dropping out of school, became business partners with an NFL, uh, Steve Weatherford. We started a fitness training business randomly, did that for a year, did really well. And then I joined a buddy's VC firm for literally like three to four months. And while I was there, just around all these startups again, and I've always loved startups, but just really being in entrenched in that community, you, like you said, you see how much they love swag. You know, it's like one of the first things you do, you raise money, you incorporate the company, you start getting shirts, you start getting this. And I just saw that that was becoming more and more of a thing like brand building, community building. And so I plays a huge role in it, but there's never, there had never really been a brand or a company that made it simple. And that kind of had a good brand that resonated with startups. You have like these legacy kind of e-commerce sites and platforms that look like they're from like 2002 and like Staples, for example, Staples promotions is like a, $600 million swag company in Staples. Like nobody wants to work with Staples on there. Like if you're like a series C, like high growth startup. Um, so that was it. We were just trying to make it simple and appeal to startups in the beginning. And then it kind of evolved into something greater as we really started to understand, you know, the customers, their needs, the problems that companies face when they're trying to like manage their whole swag procurement process. Um, and, and that's kind of how it evolved. You recently posted a tweet. I don't have it in front of me, but it was along the lines of like, you're growing really quickly and, 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 you know, it's kind of working, um, which is, which is awesome. Tell me a little bit about it. And, you know, we were talking about a little bit about this before we started recording, but you know, what's it been like going from having a type form with Zapier, probably like, you know, begging your friends to try it to now like having, you got, you got something, you got something that works and is growing. What have been some of the learnings that you've had, you know, over, over the journey so far? Yeah. I mean, first off, I, you know, I'm a super ambitious person, super confident person, but I think 
in general, when you have something that's working, it constantly surprises you about how quickly things can evolve. You know, I, like, for example, when we were, you know, working out of my mom's house as our warehouse and it started to get flooded with boxes, my girlfriend was like, you need to get a warehouse. Like, cause we were about to go to Florida and stay there for a few months. She's like, we're not leaving until you get a warehouse. And we got this warehouse off of Craigslist that was like 2,300 square foot. And I was like, this thing's huge. Like this is going to last us forever. And we were literally out of there within six months. And then we moved into like a 13,000 square foot spot. And I was like, oh, this is huge. We're going to be here for several years. And within 14 months, we had to move out. And now we're in 40,000 square feet with 40 foot ceilings. And even yesterday we were talking about like, you know, if we double or triple, like this is going to get tight in here. And it's just crazy how quickly things can evolve when you have that traction It kind of it's it becomes kind of exponential where things grow and compound on itself um but it's been you know the the biggest learning i would say is just kind of making that jump from like i'm the one that does everything like when you're a founder especially like a solo founder you know everything's kind of built around you i did all the sales in the beginning i built the website I, you know i did i was doing everything and now today i almost do nothing and not to say that i don't do anything but I'm much more strategic and thinking from the top down all the time and trying to build a machine, you know, doing a lot of hiring, doing a lot of just like, you know, checking in with the different execs on the team. So it's, you know, what's required of you in the beginning versus, you know, what's required you later on. is just so different in the beginning. It's all about hustle, 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 work 20 hours a day, get it off the ground, get some traction. And then there's a certain point that you realize that like more people that are going to help you leverage your time and, and your insights and, you know, I wish I would have made better hires quicker. You know, I think, especially since we were bootstrapped and we still are, we still own hundred percent, you know, I wish we would have made the investments in great people earlier so that we could have got the compounding benefits of, you know, just more good people in the company. You know, we started to, we started to make a lot more hires, but we were also like cheaping out a lot. It's like, oh, well, let's just pay 65 instead of 85 for a better warehouse manager. And it was, you know, stuff like that. I think that earlier you can bring in great people that it'll compound. They can start to build empires, uh, you know, below them. You can trust them to make decisions. Um, and I think that's been the the biggest thing is just finding great people and, and giving them the, the leverage to kind of own their domain. And you had just mentioned that you are um, bootstrapped, which is awesome. That's like, it, it's, it's, awesome to hear that you're able to find this kind of growth and like the warehouses, you know, being bootstrapped. I'm kind of curious on that though. How did you decide to like, like, did you have this narrative in your head? Oh, should we raise, should we bootstrap? And like, how did you end up deciding that you wanted to bootstrap? Would you ever raise? What's kind of your thoughts on that kind of category of capital? Yeah. I mean, I've always been, I mean, it's funny because I worked at the VC firm for like three to four months, but I've never been a fan of it because I think, and it wasn't never really an option for us or in my mind, because also when, when you start something, you know, out of passion or just trying to solve a need, you're not always thinking like, you know, I need how you're going to architect it, what the plan is for 12 to 18 months from now. It was just like, let's just get started and see what happens. And, and it kind of snowballed into like more traction and more traction and more traction. So there wasn't necessarily a moment in the beginning where we're like architecting this whole vision and strategy and plan for how this business is going to evolve and what the product's going to be and what people we were going to need. Everything kind of just like kept happening. And the good thing about this industry is that it's not super capital intensive to get off the ground. It can get capital intensive when you want to scale it and become vertically integrated and all that kind of stuff. But in the beginning, you're really just a broker. You know, you're a swag broker. There's suppliers. You have your customers. You play the middleman. You don't produce things until, you know, since it's custom, you don't hold inventory. So there's really favorable kind of cash 
components, you know, when it comes to this industry that allowed us to not really need money early on. Um, but what ended up happening like 18 months in, as we started to hit our stride, there were so many trade-off decisions that we had to make on a daily basis of like, do we hire this person or not? Do we, you know, do we take this risk or not? Cause it wasn't very clear. And in, in a transactional non SaaS recurring business model, you don't know what your revenue is going to be the next month. You know um, we've gotten much better at, at forecasting, which has been incredibly valuable for allowing us to know where to spend and how much to spend. But in the beginning we didn't. So there were definitely moments where we considered it um, just to stop making trade-off decisions and have more security to, to take big risks. But we've also been just super capital efficient from the start. You know, every, everyone, me and all of our partners, like we've never taken sal like big salaries or we've taken little, very small salaries and tried to reinvest dogs in the back, but <laughs> tried to reinvest as much as possible throughout the journey. And, and so you have to have a team that's really bought into that mentality of like we're we're here for the long term. We're trying to build this and, and we're not worried about like the here and now. Um, and I also think that too many people start companies on VC money without really having a plan yet. Like they just, they're like, oh, let me use this money to figure out the business versus like, you know, you're giving up way too much equity at that moment because there's so much risk involved for an investor. Like you don't have anything yet. So I think it's so much better to just like take, you know, the first six months to kind of figure it out, try to get some traction going. And then when, if you were to raise, you'd, you'd be raising on something that's already kind of proven to a degree and you're going to get a much better, you know, valuation. You'll be able to keep more of the business. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, as you get to scale like this, the fact that we don't have people telling us what to do or trying to force us into certain business models or growth plans, I think it's just, you know, one of the greatest things you can have is freedom. And that's like entrepreneurs love freedom. You know, they love to run, you know, that's why you run your own business for freedom. And sometimes you can get into the trap of like, you become the, you know, the, you know, your boss becomes your investors and you're no longer, you know, you're not enjoying what you're doing anymore. And I think that's always been kind of in the back of my mind is like, I don't want that to happen. Like, I love the fact that we can come in and control our destiny and do what we want to do on a daily basis. And if you were to kind of look out um, into the future, um, you know, five, 10, 15 years, as far as you want to look, what does SwagUp look like then? Or I guess in other words, what's the big vision for SwagUp and what direction are you rowing in? Yeah. So, and again, like in the beginning, we didn't know what the vision was. It was just like, let's go out and make swag simple for startups. And then over time, what we've realized is, you know, a couple of things. One, that, you know, the way that big companies procure swag is super messy. You know, the, you know, we have somebody from Uber on our team that ran swag procurement. They were spending $40 million a year on branded merchandise. And they had all these different people involved in this process. And there wasn't really a process. Everyone was kind of doing it differently with different vendors and different ways. It was very hard for Uber to track it, um, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, we, we realized that we can provide them a platform from end to end for these you know, large companies to manage this process, you know, integrate into their payments and procurement systems, you know, have different teams, uh, permissions, all that kind of stuff so that they have one single source vendor that, you know, creates the items, distributes them, handles inventory, integrate into their system. That's a huge win for these companies. They, they will save a ton of time. They'll save money. They'll be able to track it. They don't have to allocate their human capital towards swag you know, management. Um, so I think swag management as a whole is like a category that is building up and, and, and that we're leading. Um, but at the same time, we also see ourselves as kind of owning this like swag supply chain, you know, owning that infrastructure layer and really being the only company that you need to integrate with to produce and distribute high quality swag so that you know our platform basically is like one use case of our api 
but we also see ourselves building white label platforms for other agencies and other swag companies and kind of empowering them and being the back end of their business and making it really easy to integrate with. And then also through the API, you know, allowing companies to start like different verticals of swag up, like, you know, like the knot could start like a wedding box company. Um, you can have Kickstarter starting some sort of like redemption packages for all the different tiers in a Kickstarter crowd, crowdfunding source. So we're really kind of taking almost, very similar to like Printful, but Printful is more of the on-demand kind of production. And we're more on like the bulk high quality side of things, but just kind of being the ubiquitous kind of supplier in this industry that you can tap into really easily. And to make that happen, you'll need some help, right? It's a big vision um, to, to, to make happen. So how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? Are you looking for investors? It sounds like you're not, but are you, know, are you looking for users or customers? You know, how, how can we assist? Definitely no investors for now, um, but hiring is a huge thing. I mean, we have, I, that's one of the biggest bottlenecks within the company because everybody's so busy, you know, executing and trying to keep up with the growth that the hiring managers and the managers aren't spending enough time, you know, building out their team. So, you know, we have somebody that we just brought onto HR like four months ago, we we're hiring, we just hired a recruiter who starts on Monday. We're trying to hire a head of talent acquisition um, because there's about 10 or 12 open positions right now. And there, there'd probably be more if we had the bandwidth and resources to bring on the people. So I think all we're basically hiring all throughout the company, you know, looking for really good, curious, thoughtful people that care about what we're doing and, and care about what they do. I, I saw uh, there was a founder, I can't remember if it was scale AI or something. He, he, his uh, proxy for hiring was like people that give a shit about the company and give a shit just in general. Um, and, I, and I think that, you know, same thing. So hiring all around. So if you know really talented people that are looking to join, you know, a high growth type environment, I mean, you know, we love to, to talk to them. And let's say they want to talk to you where, or someone wants to use swag up, be a customer, you know, how, how can they find you online? What's your website? What's your socials? What's your email? How can they reach out? Yeah. So it's just swagup.com, S-W-A-G-U-P.com. We also have jobs.swagup.com if you're interested in, in joining the team. Um, you know, my social is just my name at Michael Martocci. And then also on, you know, for swag up, it's at swag up on Instagram and swag up HQ on Twitter, because Twitter is a little harder to, to get the, the names. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're pretty readily accessible. My, my email's right on my, on my Twitter profile and everything. So I'm always down to talk and, you know, whether people want to help us or I, I also like to just have conversations with other founders and people interested in startups. So, you know, probably on a given week, I'm talking to like three or four different people about their company. So always down to connect. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Matt. Thanks for having me on.